You're listening to The Product Edge, and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive, and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. Joining me today is Alex Zakaria, the co-founder and CEO of Linktree, the social tech platform democratizing the discovery of content for over 10 million global users. Alex founded Linktree as a side hustle in 2016 with his brother Anthony and friend Nick Humphreys. Since then, Linktree has helped brands such as Redbubble and HBO, celebrities such as Selena Gomez, solopreneurs and small business owners across the world to connect their channels, their brand and amplify their voice. Today, Alex is going to share his startup journey with us, the good, the bad, and the challenges founders can face along the way. He'll also give us an insight into the product philosophy behind Linktree's phenomenal success. So welcome to the Product Edge, Alex. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So look, why don't we break the ice and you tell us something about yourself that might not be in the traditional bio? Ooh. Uh... I was going to say that I love Prince, but I think that actually is in the bio. Um, I'm pretty curious guy. I love I love space. I love the Northern Lights. I definitely want to want to live in Norway at some point in my life. Let's go with that. Fantastic. Have you actually seen the Northern Lights? I have seen it a couple of times. It was back when I was less encumbered by um, a s- extremely quickly <laughs> growing startup. Um, I <laughs> did a little bit more trouble. Also, a pandemic. Um, when you had a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you had some more free time on your hands. Yeah. Fantastic. So look, there's absolutely no denying that Linktree has experienced phenomenal growth and success. And I can't wait to dive into that journey and tap into what's behind the success. But before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about Linktree for anyone that isn't familiar with the products? Yeah, sure. So Linktree is a platform that helps you connect your entire your audience to your entire digital ecosystem. Um, and so what we mean by that is when you sign up, you get given a link. Um, you can add that link to your Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, even your business cards or your resume, wherever your audience lives. Uh, and then when you when your visitors click on that link, they'll see a, a list of links um, or places that you want to send them to. Um, super, super simple, easy to use and free. Um, so that it's maintained, you know, it's it really, for us, it's all about absolute simplicity uh, enabling users to have their own place on the internet um, and it's super simple to use. So, uh, yeah, we're seeing, uh, yeah, like you said, over 10 million users um, using it in this way now, um, which is incredible to see. Um, it's growing really quickly, over 30,000 signups a day. Uh, yeah. Wow, fantastic. That's huge growth in in a relatively, well, such a short time. So, you mentioned previously when we were chatting that you started Linktree as a side hustle whilst you were running your digital agency, Bolster. How did you come up with the idea? Yeah, so we were looking after, you know, running this digital strategy agency that specialised in music and entertainment. Uh, so we're looking after lots of artists and record labels and festivals. Um, we kept running into this problem where we couldn't link out of Instagram 
in an effective way, especially from a marketing perspective. Um, and so we really wanted to, you know, we really set out to solve this you know, simple problem um, that we had and our clients had. Uh, it was also a pretty common problem for, especially in that music space and celebrities and actors, uh, where they often have various revenue streams and often these revenue streams are controlled by different stakeholders. They might have their streaming controlled by their manager and then they might have merch controlled by their business manager and then they have their touring controlled by their agent. Uh, and so it was really important to be able to have this one unified list of links um, that enabled a, a much easier campaign because you now had one link to share rather than multiple links to share. Uh, so we, yeah, we we set it out to, to solve that. We we put a really quick MVP together. It took us six hours, I believe. We just put it, built it very, very quickly, put it out. Uh, turned out, you know, 10, 20 users signed up uh, per day almost immediately. And we realized we almost had product fit pretty quickly, market product uh, fit. So we decided to, to pull it back in, completely rebuild it, build it properly. Um, and yeah, fast forward to today, it's uh, turned out many more users have that problem. Um, and we, uh, yeah, like I said, no, over 10 million users globally. Uh, there's over seven, 600 million visitors on profiles uh, and it's scaling really rapidly. So it's been a really, really exciting journey. Fantastic. So look, with over 10 million users and, and growing, Linktree is clearly a product that people love. What's your product philosophy? So ultimately, ultimately what it comes down to is simplicity. For us, we are really, really dedicated to democratizing the internet and making things as simple as possible, enabling anyone to have their own place on the internet. And what we mean by that is uh, users uh, that can sign up in under 20 seconds, it's, it's super affordable, can get access to being able to have their own digital presence, whereas previously they may not have been able to either from a technical perspective, technical ability perspective or financial perspective. Uh, it also extends the profile and maintaining uh, accessibility and that anyone is able to view it and be able to click on it and get to wherever they want to go really simply and easily. Um, so Linktree sometimes may look like a very simple list of links and, and generally when someone says that to us, we're actually very proud and happy because that's what we intend to do, intend people seeing it as something incredibly simple, but all the power comes from its UX uh, and the power under the hood. Um, a link tree very looks the way it does uh, very deliberately. Um, yeah. Fantastic. So just really keeping it simple for the user and uh, really keeping that user front of mind throughout the whole life cycle. Yeah, look, there's the, the profile really is, is designed in a specific way to make sure we're removing clutter. So we're entirely re removing clutter between the click and the conversion um, and making it as frictionless as possible. Um, so we're, we're extremely hyper-focused and, and likely from our marketing and conversion background, um, really hyper-focused on that conversion and making sure that uh, when a visitor lands in your profile, they're going to get to wherever they want to go really quickly. And that means generally having some constraints around the types of backgrounds that we allow. So there's no fast moving images and things are going to distract you, things like that. We really think about how we're going to make sure uh, that this visitor really converts and really moves on to where they want to get to. And a conversion may not be a sale. A conversion for us is really about just getting a visitor to where they want, where they want to go. Um, it's about unification, so making sure that you can really easily unify your entire digital presence, wherever that might be um, across your most recent and relevant content. Um, like I said, it's about democratization, making sure that it is really simple and easy to use. And then 
or just as importantly, it's about discovery and enabling discovery. Um, and what we mean by that is when a visitor lands on, you, on your link tree, that they're going to discover more about you than they would if they were landing on, say, your website or another social profile. Uh, so using the music example again, if they were going to land on yeah, you're, they came to your link tree because you said, hey, check out my new song. At the top, there might be, he's listening to my new my new album, but directly below that is, here's when I'm touring, here's my merch. Um, and we're immediately discovering more about that visitor. We see an average of 1.8 clicks per unique visitor across the entire link tree network. So we know that visitors are coming to a link tree, discovering something, leaving and coming back because they discovered something else, which is really great to see. Fantastic. I love that. I love the removing the noise because I found that the internet now, whenever you're looking for anything, it's actually becoming harder and harder to find what you want. So simplifying that entire experience makes so much sense. So we've talked before about user-based product development and you've touched on your product philosophy there. Talk me through what does it look like in practice? What does product look like within Linktree? Yeah, so we... Uh, you know, for us, building a product and putting it out there based on what we see is is, is not good enough. We really rely on, on keeping in touch with our users to make sure we're we're keeping our finger on the pulse in, in terms of what they should be, what they're what they're after, uh, what's converting well, what isn't, uh, what type of functional functionality they they require. Um, we make sure we look at this through a lens of, again, of, you know, those product philosophies I mentioned earlier in terms of speed of conversion. Quite often, users can request features that may hinder that um, it's kind of features they think they want but they don't necessarily they don't necessarily actually work in terms of speed of conversion and, and actually getting results which we we think about a lot um, we and to, you know, to really make sure we're keeping in touch with users we often have uh, surveys throughout the throughout the app we make sure that everyone that joins the company spends time in support talking to users um, which I find often very important for design design like to come in and build so, you know, sometimes design these really great interfaces um, and when we talk to our users, uh, generally, we, you know, we want to, they, when you talk to users, you really start to bubble up to the surface of the way they really think about it and how they discover that app and it, and it generally influences the way we think about the product uh, quite quickly. Fantastic. And, and it still blows my mind, actually, when I talk to some product folk in different companies that they actually don't have much interaction with their users or their customers and they leave it to other departments, um, which is which is fascinating to, to me. When you're hiring product folk for Linktree, what, what does a good product manager bring to the table? What do you look for? Yeah, so actually, you know, for us, it's been a slower journey on the product management side. It's been something that uh, we... You know, I guess I was kind of managing myself in the earlier days and very much had this kind of pretty clear vision around what the product should do and feel like. And it was, and after running an agency similarly to that, it was very much like a waterfall approach of going to design, going to engineering. And as we scaled very rapidly last year, that that broke pretty quickly. Um, and we started to really build out a much more clear product management process, which is still a, a journey for us. Um, and so for us, the product managers that are successful really are able to come in and be able to connect cross-functional teams together, be able to gather that context. Uh, Linktree is very high-scale high consumer, so it's less easy to get on a call with a large user that uses it every day or, or easily identifiable power user. Um, there's millions of users, um, and so it's a little bit more 
thinking analytically, how can we look at quantifiable data and then also be able to talk to them um, and qualify it a lot more. Uh, and also making sure that product managers are okay with using instinct and going with gut and not always relying on validation. Um, I think that always relying on validation before you even try a feature or a product hinders innovation. Uh, and it's really important for us to maintain being absolutely the front of the curve. Um, we are still uh, the uh, market leader in, the, in this entire category, which we created with over 94% of the market share. And that's because we continue to innovate and continue to be leading the entire um, entire category. Uh, and yeah, that's incredibly important to us. Um, and then I think for them to be able to use, really be able to use that data to then iterate on the product and um, continue to improve it uh, is, is the way we like to think about it. Fantastic. And I wasn't going to ask you this question, but seeing as I've uh, got a founder of a high growth tech company here, I'm going to ask, there's a big debate at the moment in Australia, especially around product folks. Should they come from technical backgrounds or business commercial backgrounds? And a lot of the founders I work with for SaaS companies and, and tech businesses very much want the ex-developer moved into product, really that deep techie background. What's your um, What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, it's a really great question. I have found that the I think that that the answer to that question really uh, really relies on what the product is. In our context, it is a marketing product. At the end of the day, it is a product that generally is used by marketers or businesses or individuals trying to represent themselves or the many dimensions of themselves. Um, and so we often find that the growth team has much more context about the product and what the product should do and how it should behave because generally they are the user of the product. They would be the people that would be out looking for this product if it wasn't ours um, and can see what it should and shouldn't be doing much more easily than uh, the technical side of things. Um, so I think for us, we definitely look for business and growth and marketing context um, in product management, but I think it's incredibly important to have a diverse uh, team that have both sides of it. They can, you know, where we can have discussion and meet in the middle um, and share that context together. Fantastic. Good answer. I liked it. And, um, and look, we hear a lot at the moment about conversion funnels within that sort of marketing and business growth space. How is Linktree disrupting these traditional models? Yeah, it's really, you know, this is actually something that's it's come from even back when I was running the agency. Uh, funnels are no longer linear. And by a linear funnel, I mean that standard um, you know, discovery and advocate and all the way through to conversion. Uh, given the way social advertising works, you can, any one person can be in any part of the funnel at any point and go back and forth and jump around. It's really this big kind of ball of spaghetti uh, now. And so... Uh, and especially given that the internet is more and more fragmented. Uh, I think there's something like 8.9 social media users per um, social media accounts per internet user um, in the US at the moment. So we're seeing a huge amount of fragmentation. Um, it's impossible to have a very clear, easy linear funnel. Um, and so the way Linktree enables that is by completely unifying that, that fragmentation and being able to draw uh, your audience from wherever they may leave into one place to be able to then send them to where you really need to get them to and enable them to discover whatever you're talking about most recently and relevantly. Uh, the other thing that we find Linktree really helps with is that when you're sharing your Linktree across 
many social media platforms and you're talking about things on your social. So it might be a partnership you just did or a video you just released or something you care about right now. You when you can send your visitors directly to whatever you're talking about really quickly by sending them to your link tree and linking them off to that blog post or to that YouTube video, which means that you, you know, if you're a product, for example, you can make your homepage purely about selling the product. You can maintain the conversion funnel of your homepage, its integrity around selling the product, and you don't have to have, uh, say, if you did just link to your homepage from your Instagram or from your Twitter, you would need to have it very easily accessible, what you're talking about on your Instagram, on your homepage. Um, so Linktree really solves that conversion problem. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, and then so we'll go on to life as a CEO and, and co-founder of a high-growth business. I'm sure, you know, the last um, four or five years have been a roller coaster for yourself with amazing highs, but obviously some challenges along the way. What's it really like being the co-founder and CEO of a high-growth startup, Alex? Uh, it's fun. It's exciting. It's something that I've always kind of thought about doing. It's probably a little bit surreal uh, in the attention it gets. Um, it's also extremely challenging. I think uh, it's always something I've dreamed of in terms of scale uh, we can operate at, the amount of amazing talent we get to work with and can attract um, is incredible and it's super exciting. Uh, and the highs always outweigh the lows. Uh, obviously, the lows can come with, you know, being able to really maintain the ability to stay on top, have the stamina to be able to stay on top of this immense growth and scale. I think, uh, yeah, last year was obviously challenging. Um, 2020, we were running a raise uh, over Zoom with US investors from my living room during a lockdown, hiring uh, 50 people over seven months. Um, and so that was exhilarating, exciting, and also taxing. Um, so definitely learned the hard way around, uh, you know, looking after myself, avoiding, um, avoiding, uh, yeah, I guess, burnout and, and, and those kind of things. Uh, I definitely learned even earlier than that with, you know, I, I, I injured my back a couple of years ago, which was um, a big wake-up call to me around stress management and, and uh, burnout and really being hyper-focused on that. Uh, obviously, with everything happening at once, uh, that's something to just be super aware of. And I think it's probably something that's not talked about enough um, across startups with the amount of founders kind of going through this. So I definitely like to talk about it in terms of uh, making sure that founders are looking after themselves and, and health always comes first because without your health, you're, you're not going to be able to look after a business. Um, so, yeah, really you know, glad to say I'm on top of that kind of stuff now. But, yeah, that's definitely probably the, the challenging lowlights of, 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 uh, mm -hmm. of high-growth life, but it's absolutely, um, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way and I, I love doing what I do every day invigorating but but challenging at the at the same time and I think you're right you know a lot of um the media especially and there's a, a lot of um hype around high growth startups and large capital raises and especially in Australia the the you know the tech startup scene is really booming and um, so it is glamorized and it is um you know, really admired, but there is obviously a darker side to it and, and a lot of pressure that are put on founders and CEOs to, to do what they need to do. What's, um, what sort of things did you find that helped you sort of avoid or, or come back from, you know, the stress and, and burnout? What, what worked for you? 
Yeah, look, I think like, and, and a lot of that um, really comes down to I think it, it needs to be uh, needs to be okay to be talking about be talked about. I think I sometimes talk to founders that may don't want to be vulnerable or talk about burnout because it may hinder their chances of funding or anything like that. And I think our uh, our investors have been, you know, last year they're like, you need a break. Um, very much talking about being okay, being okay with that side of things and, and understanding that everyone's human and, and you need to do what you need to do to look after yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that actually should be less um, of a concern for founders. Uh, in terms of what I do, I really, you know, making sure I'm eating well and exercising. Uh, we, 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 it's actually quite heavily influenced the way we've built out the culture at Linktree. We're, we're definitely very, uh, where the workforce is on the younger side of things and it's actually a lot of millennials and talking about mental health is not to do with this group, which is awesome. Um, we really try to um, encourage talking about mental health, taking mental health days. Um, we have a lot of programs around, so we give free access to uh, Smiley Mind to all our team to uh, practice meditation. We give free access to Uprise for employee assistance around um therapy and performance coaching uh we have well, back when we were in the office there was lots of things around yoga and bringing breathing experts in to maintain how to like how to control your breathing and and uh maintain your stress levels uh encouraging exercise and then in terms of uh this kind of remote world that we're living in now making sure that we're keeping this, this ability to be face to face and um so we use an app called Donut in Slack, which automatically pairs people across teams um, each week to have half an hour not talking about work and just getting to know each other. Uh, we also uh, we gave we did, we do extra uh, paid days off um, across the year to encourage people to take a day off and really use that to and we we get people to come back and actually show us photos of what they did. Uh, as something to improve their mental health um so it's not a day off to sit in front of the couch it's a day off to get outside and do imagery uh so we like to kind of do what we can around um encouraging our team um and in turn that's definitely what it helps me stay on track and make sure that i do those things as well that's amazing and it's um it's so important now, and you say with the, the younger work- workforce and the millennials, like when I'm interviewing product folk and engineers and delivery folk for high growth startups now, as much as people want to work in a startup and they want to be part of a, a product journey, more and more people are talking about that um, employee well-being programs and what's the culture really like, because there is less appetite now for, you know, the culture of being proud to be stressed or burnt out and doing those you know 90 hour weeks or whatever it's um Mm. and and it is becoming a huge um uh, aspect of what people are looking for from the next employment and what they want from their employers so that's um fantastic that you guys are really building a culture based on employee well-being especially you know given the last year that that we've all had it's incredibly important to us to not build a culture where it's expected to be working, you know, hustling and affecting your health. I think it's it's that that would be the worst thing for us. Uh, we like to build a culture where it's mutually respected, uh, respectful, and we uh, do everything we can to help our team. We don't expect crazy uh, kinds of working hours, and in return, there's a lot of accountability and caring about high performance and delivering what we need to deliver. 
Um, so it's, yeah, it's a really exciting culture to be a part of at the moment. And I'm hoping our team sees it that way as well. Yeah, fantastic. And it, and it's true, right? The longer, you know, people are in an organization and they feel that their well-being is being looked after and that they have that rest time and they're able to disconnect, they actually show up better and perform better. And I think, you know, now there's more and more reports coming out around that. I really loved your um, your comment there on bringing breathing experts in and um, that because I started my mindfulness journey seven, eight years ago now and started meditating and um, my coach had to teach me how to breathe. And I was like, well, at the age of 30 and I don't know how to breathe properly. And it's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. People don't. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think what's been interesting with that is some people just find meditation actually quite difficult in getting into that Zen state. It can be, especially with our short attention span, I definitely find it difficult to kind of sit there really still for a long time. Um, and breathing uh, is kind of, there's a very, this breathing expert we bring in actually has, has a very scientific approach to exactly what changing your breaths and how many breaths per minute you have actually affects how it affects you. And I think that is a bit more approachable for those people that can't um, or don't find or like find meditation a little bit more challenging. Uh, so we would like to just, you know, find whatever suits people uh, best. Fantastic. So we've talked about some of your own personal challenges there as a, as a founder and, and CEO. What's been, I guess, the biggest obstacle link trees faced to, you know, hit these 10 million users and, and the growth that you've, uh, you've achieved in such a short time? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, since starting it four years ago, I mean, when we were, for the first two years, really, it was a side hustle. Um, and we were, uh, you know, operating it, basically running the agency, which was also growing really quickly at the time, going home, looking after Linktree. Um, definitely working a crazy amount of hours. We were all living together, my brother and Nick, my co-founders, um, which was extremely fun at the time. And now that we look back on it, probably <laughs> slightly more <laughs> toxic in the amount of work we're doing, but um, was extremely exciting. I think that, you know, so many challenges, uh, the, the, ones that, the ones that scream out the most, obviously around scale and infrastructure and uh, most of our, you know, 99.8% of our users are outside of Australia. Um, so kind of scaling this, this uh, platform from Little Old Melbourne, um, when majority of our users are online at 2 a.m., um, and that also tends to be when servers have trouble um, at 2 a.m. So, <laughs> lots of challenges in terms of like building a team that can sustain uh, that overseas growth. Um, I think, in terms of like I mentioned it earlier, around you know maintaining that, seeing a huge amount of scale last year, the amount of growth we came, went through, and. Uh, running the raise at the same time, but uh, accomplishing that and getting it all done in the year was, was uh, yeah, a huge accomplishment, which we're super proud of. Fantastic. So I think you've answered my next question, actually. What would you say has been your greatest achievement with Linktree? Um, it's hard to pick just one. I would say uh, for art, you know, I'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved um, scaling it, scaling Linktree to, to where it's at. Could not have done it without our incredible team, my co-founders, Nick and Anthony, um, with, you know, what we've built. We're, we're all super proud of, of, of every part of it. I think one of the biggest accomplishments definitely is, is securing that raise with uh, last year, which for us, we really set out with a goal to have an incredible Australian um, investor investment team um, and then an incredible US team, given so much of our scale is in the US. Um, but And having someone in Australia because we really want to continue to call Australia home and building and scaling our team here. Uh, and we did that. We we have in entry ventures in Australia and inside partners 
in the US uh, who have incredible portfolios. Uh, and for us, it was really about finding uh, the right team that has been there and seen this and done it before and can help us see around corners. We're actually cash flow positive and bootstrapped up until raising. We're actually still cash flow positive even after raising. Um, and so it wasn't out of necessity to go and do a raise. It really was about us being able to bring on the right team and, and expertise to, to and, and some extra capital to help us fuel this next stage of growth. Um, and so, yeah, achieving that with just such incredible people was so exciting. Outstanding. And I love hearing that there's companies going from strength to strength and 2020 sounds like it was an outstanding year for, for Linktree, despite many of the challenges we all faced. So coming off the back of a raise and, and huge growth last year, sort of what's next for Linktree? And so Linktree, you know, we're really, really focused on continuing to streamline the user flows of the internet, um, enabling that progression from when you're, from where your audience is through to how you actually monetize them. Um, and so, yeah, lots of work to do, uh, continuing to build functionality and features, uh, really wanting to build out functionality that enables social commerce um, and enable our users to drive revenue in a much more simple way uh, and continuing to be able to engage with our users and build a product that suits them, uh, which, yeah, super excited to be able to do it. Fantastic. It sounds like a, a very exciting future for, for Linktree. So, Alex, it's been amazing talking to you today. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and experience with us. How can we stay connected with you going forward? I think the best way to stay connected with me would be on LinkedIn uh, or on Twitter at Alex Zach uh, or follow uh, all of Linktree socials um, at Linktree. Uh, we will, yeah, we'll definitely be sharing lots of exciting uh, feature releases very soon. Brilliant. So we will share all of your social handles in the show notes so people can easily access that. And then lastly, what would be your one piece of advice for product folk listening? Uh, I would say if you've got a product idea or something you want to get done to start yesterday, um, obviously <laughs> start get going. Uh, like I said, we build a prototype in six hours. Um, it, it's not about, you know, done is better than perfect. Um, stop overthinking it and just start somewhere, um, put a little something out, learn, learn from it. And if it doesn't work, you still learn something. Um, so just something I, I talk to founders all the time and it, it and it's something we tend to fall in now where you start to overthink things and not get things done. I think we can all chill out and, and have, have, a, have a crack and, and see what comes back. I love that. And I know from my own personal experience, I started Middleton Executive four years ago and I asked myself most days, why didn't I do it 10 years ago? What was I waiting for? So definitely just jump in there and, uh, and give it a go. Alex, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Product Edge, brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to theproductedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.